back. It's another one, another pre-season preview. And uh, this time, it's one of the new boys. It's the new boy. First top flight season since goodness knows when. I think it's in the 40s, maybe. Something 1947 like it is. There we are. 47. Bang on. 47. Yeah. And um, first Premier League season as well. Brentford, obviously. And uh, joining me to do it, as always, is my ever-present podcasting partner, Alex. How are you doing? Another day, another, another day, another episode. The new boys. We had a bit of a we had a bit of a clash in the old uh, playoff final, didn't we? We did, yeah. As Swansea fans, but worthy winners. Worthy, I have to say, yeah, worthy definitely. winners. We yeah, didn't turn up on the day, yeah, but yeah, that was all, did we? But uh, no. yeah. Anyway, joining us uh, on behalf of of Brentford, representing the club today. I'll send him off. We're joined by Billy from the Besotted Podcast. How are you doing, Billy? I'm not too bad. How are you doing? Thanks for inviting me onto your show. That's it's, all right. uh, Thank you for coming. Weird, weird coming onto a, a sort of a Premier League show because we're not used <laughs> to this, to be honest with you. You know, so it's a bit of a, a, bit of a novelty. So I'm, I'm, you, know, you can see me sort of smiling and just, I'm just getting on with it. Like, you know? Good. Yeah. Awesome. So, Get used to it. Get used to yeah, it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, well, We'll we, we we chat about the swans a fair bit on this, but um, I think yeah. we decided to do this just to distract ourselves from everything that's going on uh, with Swansea at the moment because it's not particularly pleasant. But um, back to Brentford, which is why we're here. Um, sort of, have the, have the nerves kicked in yet or is it just pure excitement at this point? No, tell you something, I'm, I'm feeling actually pretty relaxed. I mean, as, as you know, as I told you, I'm, I'm actually on holidays as well at the moment now. So I've managed to come down to the South Coast and just sort of chill out before the season. It was a bit of a mad season, you know, like you guys, you know, went all the way to the wire, all the way to the end of May with the playoff final. So that was kind of uh, quite full on, you know, the semi-final and the final, which were which were brilliant. So, of course, like you, you just kept going and going and going on adrenaline and had a few days break. The next minute it was up to Middlesbrough for the England game and then went to all the England games as well. So, well, you know, so basically, you know, you know, so it's been a mad, mad football summer. And then all of a sudden that's finished and you think, oh, no, the season's about to start. Like, you know, so... Uh, <laughs> You don't have time to really, soak it in. That's right. I haven't really had time to soak it in. And I think the only time that it kind of dropped a little bit was in the middle of the Euros when they actually uh, announced the fixtures. And then you thought, oh, we're playing Arsenal first. Oh, it's actually real. So that's when it actually really sunk in. But then after that, because there was such madness going on with England getting through to the final, it didn't really sink in until now when all of a sudden you start to buy a few players. You know, we played Manchester United last night in a pre-season friendly and we did all right in that. And you start to think, hold on a second, you know, this is this is becoming a bit real. So uh, I'm still quite relaxed about it, but it's it's starting to 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 to, to ring home now. Yeah, I, I I don't know about well, I don't know about you, Al, but I suppose the only thing I can sort of relate to is when Swansea went up for the first time, or the only time, um, eight, nine, ten. Well, it was more than that, wasn't it? It must be nearly 11, years. twelve years. Yeah, now. something like that. Two thousand eleven, um, it was. So it yeah. was about ten. Yeah, ten, 10 years, years ago. Yeah. And, but um, I, rem- I I remember the same thing. Like obviously, when when we went up, it was a lot. You know, we were a lot younger, and we were in school, and we were sort of all checking the fixtures and seeing who we'd have and all that. So I can sort of you know totally relate to the excitement. But I just want to ask quickly: Did you end up getting tickets for the final? Did you go to Wembley? I've been. To, I went to every single match. Um, oh, did you? I literally, I literally went to every single. I mean, this is my fifteenth tournament, so I, I go to England tournaments all the time. So oh, sorry, sorry, no, not not England. I was oh, I was referring. No, no, that's fine. But you know. Oh. That's oh. a that's a massive oh. thing for England as well. I was talking about the oh. Brentford uh, Brentford oh. Swansea game. Did you oh, get Brentford Swansea? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. You did? yeah. Again, yes. I mean, again, it's one of those things where you know, again, going to matches home and away, you build up your you your build score. up your points. I think yeah. we did it. I think you did. I think you did, did it differently to you, where it seemed to be a straight up um, 
a straight that was, up was lottery. like a lottery. Yeah. Yes. No, but for us, they had a, a they had a loyalty system in place. So if you'd been going to matches, you built up your points over the matches, and then you know you were first in line. And then when those yeah. tickets sold, and the next lot came, and the next lot came. So that's kind of how it worked with that. And um, m- most of the people that I know actually went, and and some of the people that didn't go, and the reason why they didn't go, I think, was because even though they were first in the lottery, because some of their friends were lower on the lottery, they didn't want to go without their friends because they just didn't mm. think it was going to be right. So they decided to hold back or decided to, because at the time you were still had to, you had to book pubs at the time. And it's obviously really difficult to, to try and book pubs for a player final, you know, in the area, you had to sort of kind of put your name down. So they decided, tell you something, we'd rather know what we're doing. We'd rather go with our mates and 10, 12, 14 of us can book a table in a pub now rather than hang on and wait two days beforehand to see whether or not we've got a ticket. So I was lucky enough. I went with, I went with the daughter, you know, and we went down to the final. And yeah, it was brilliant because, you know, for the, the first time out of 10, we actually uh, we actually won a final. The number nine, I've seen us lose all, all, all the other nine games. I've seen us lose when Brentford have been in the playoffs. So uh, for this one, it was equally gratifying because we actually won a playoff final. And, uh, and we also won it. And again, you know, you were at the game, so you saw. It was actually kind of, there was no heart flutter moments as no. either as well. There was no heart totally. flutter moments. It was just totally easy going. And it was a bit weird because having been to, like I said, to all the playoff losses that we've been to, and normally people come out of the stadium and you're not, they're normally angry and shouting things and just whatever they do, you know, to try and get it off their chest. But this time I came out of the stadium and people were literally just walking around the stadium like they were lost because they didn't know what to do <laughs> or to say. It was like, it was quite bizarre, you know. So, and it was it was quite a surreal feeling because you, you'd won and then you sort of kind of think, right, we've been, we've been waiting for this moment for years. I mean, some people, I mean, for me, it's like 30, 40 years you've been waiting for this moment. And then all of a sudden you've won, you think, Oh, what comes next? What do we do? Like, oh, well, let's go to the pub and celebrate. It was, it was, a, it was quite strange, I know, but it was good. It was really good. Yeah, I'm. To be fair, you know, we've we've had a bit of a rivalry with Brentford. Uh, the, the Swans last couple, 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 couple of years, years. Uh... but um, I think they're going to light up the Premier League. I think it's going to be. I think it's really exciting to have another team there. I love having a new team there. You know, when like Huddersfield came up, oh, it's just it's just wonderful. It's having a new name there that hasn't been there before. It's not a yo-yo club like Norwich, with all due respect. Um, but yeah, I think I, I think I, Brent, Brentford have you you have earned it as well. Like I can't take it away. Head and shoulders 100%. above, you know, most you know, except for the top two in the in the championship. But most of the teams in the Premier in the Championship, you know, you bossed it. Playing, playing good football as well. It's not been sort of wishy wash. It's been good football. So mm. you know, again, worthy winners, worthy winners. Well. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, thanks, for, thanks for that. I mean, and, and I appreciate. Listen, at the end of the day, you know, the beef, as we say, between yourselves, it kind of comes out of football. And the fact is that if you haven't got a little bit of beef in football, then you know, what's the point in going? Exactly. Yeah. And, and obviously, exactly. the beef came out of you know what managers said, what players have said, what players have done. You know, fans have natural reactions, and so that's what you expect. And. Uh, and I think also for us, you know, for you guys, obviously you played us beforehand and for whatever reason, there was a bit of beef in Brentford. And for us, you know, Fulham had gone up, so we needed, we needed someone to, to start needling. Like, you know. <laughs> so uh, so you, you managed to take over for the season. So uh, it kind of, kind of worked in both of our favours, really, I think. Lovely. Um, in terms of the transfer market, Two signings brought in, if I'm correct in saying that. I think it's two. Uh, on Yeka and um, Ajer. I don't know. Ajer. Ajer. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but he's decent. I've seen him a couple of times uh, play for Celtic. And 
he, he was their best defender. Um, he's now left them. God knows where that leaves them. But um, I think, you, again, a tiny bit of business from Brentford. Uh, you're, you have this knack of just getting players. You use the sort of performance system, don't you? You, use, you look at leagues and you look at teams who are overachieving and players who are overachieving. And I think that's your scouting system. And it's just worked a treat. It's worked an absolute yeah. treat. Yeah, well, I mean, again, I mean, a lot of people know this in, in in the Championship. They know it in the Premier League. They're sort of starting to get to know it. But you know, when our owner, our owner basically owns a betting company, you know, and he's a, he's a mathematician. He's a, he's a genius. He's also a massive Brentford fan. So when he took over the club, he says, "When I take him over, I want them to a play. Just I want them to play passing football. That's what I want them to do. I want us to develop youngsters, and I want to use the system that I the system that I I have for my company." to actually find players that no one else knows about. Because he goes, basically, that's what I do. I've got people in my office who just, all they do all day is just research players and they find out stats and facts, which basically help me to make money. That's what he said I'll do. And, and, and these stats and facts, if I can apply them to a football club, I can find players who are undervalued, who people think aren't particularly great or they're not going to do very much for them. But what we'll do is we'll take them and then we'll make the parts of them that aren't so good better over a year or two. And then afterwards, they'll become key players for us. And it, and, it, and it really has worked for us. Yeah, there's been a few ones that haven't worked out. But, you know, of course, you're going to get situations where you try something and it doesn't quite work out. But over and all, um, it, it, it's worked out, you know, fantastic for us. And they, they do know what they're doing. As fans, when we first got involved, you know, when they started getting involved and they started to sign players up and we had Andre Gray come, and we thought, fantastic. Oh, we've got this guy for 500 grand. And all of a sudden, he scored 18 goals for us. And then in the summer, we were going to sell him 18, 12 months later. And the fans were up in arms, like, going, what, what are you doing, Brentford? And there, there really was like a lot of vitriol and anger that we were selling this player that we finally found that scored goals. And Brentford said, don't worry about it. We'll find someone better. And we we're like, no, you, no, you won't. No, you won't. And then we sold him. And then after that, we found, you know, Scott Hogan was there and he came through and then he scored loads of goals and then they sold him. We're like, no, you can't do that again. They said, don't worry, we'll find someone better. And every time they found, like, you know, it was on, on Lasse Vibe, then it was Neil Malpe, and then it was Ollie Watkins, and then it was, you know, it just kept, kept going on and on. We just kept on getting new players. And after a while, the fans started to calm down a little bit. Um, every time we sort of sold a player and just trusted the system and just thought, they seem to know what they're doing now. So it, it's not so... Not so bad for us. So yes, we've actually bought three players oh, so that... far in the closed window. Okay. Yeah, we bought um, Aya, who's uh, we just bought in from Celtic. Who again, I haven't seen Celtic play that much, but you know, looking and speaking to, I mean, on the Pride of West London podcast, which is Pride of West London, which is the podcast we do, we've we've actually done three interviews. One with a Celtic fan who actually does a giving us a brilliant run, lowdown of Aya, and like I said to you, you know, Champions League games he's played, Europa League games he's played. He's a proper leader for Celtic. They think that he's a fantastic ball-playing centre-back, you know, and um, and he's going to do really well for us. So, again, apparently Brentford have been looking at him for, for years. He's from Scandinavia, and we know the Scandinavian market very well. So he came out of Norway. I think he captained his side, start, I think I recall, when he was 16. So at that stage, we were actually looking at him, which is about six or so years ago. He went off to Celtic, so we just kept our eye on him. And I think when the moment came, the opportunity came, he had, he had a year to go on his contract, which is running down. And we, we offered them, you know, decent money for the fact that he's only got a year on his contract and, he, and he's come to us. So we've got him. But we've also got this other player, which is, he, he sounds really exciting, which I don't think anyone in the UK would really know at all. This guy called Frank Onyeka. Mm. And he's actually come from SC Michelin, which is actually the club which our owner, Matthew Benham, owns in Denmark. 
we never used to do any business with our, our, our sister club um, over in Denmark because he believed in keeping the two businesses separate. He said, I don't, I'm not going to do any business between the two. I'm going to keep them completely separate. But now that we've got to the Premier League, he realises that, you know, um, in Denmark, when you get to a certain level, this next stepping stone is to step out of Denmark to Europe. So either to Italy or to possibly to Spain, but, you know, to Italy uh, or, or to the UK. And so, you know, instead of him going to someone in the UK, like Aston Villa or Newcastle or wherever like that, you know, he's come to us. So we've actually bought a player from our sister club. He cost about, I think, about 10 million pounds. And he's meant to be, he was the best player in the Danish league. He's a box-to-box midfielder. He's like a Duracell bunny, so he doesn't stop going. He knows how to pass. He's really strong. He's got a lot of energy. So this is actually going to be a really interesting addition to our side. And again, you know, he's got to come out. He's got to come out of the blue. So let's see how he goes. But he, he came on for a few minutes against Manchester United. And we thought, OK, that's quite interesting. So we've got him as well. Then we've got this other kid who's just come out of Chelsea. He's come out of the Chelsea Academy. His name is Miles Pert Harris as well. And uh, a lot of Chelsea fans are actually a little bit upset because he wasn't given an extended contract. You know, his contract was running down. So he came to us. Not sure what we signed him. Probably signed him for about two million. And the Chelsea fans are a bit gutted because, you know, they're thinking that, you know, the, the players that we've had in the past who went to championship clubs, we loaned them out there for a bit. And as they came back and they've, 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 they've gone into our first team and they've become uh, key, key players. They believe that he can be one of them. But Chelsea, you know, two calls in there and he's obviously thinking, oh, I can't give him game time at the moment now because my job is to win the league, win the Champions League, win everything at the moment now. So they've decided to pass him on. And again, the, we, we had a, a Chelsea fan on... Uh, our podcast, Brother West London podcast, and he spoke to us again about this guy. And he just said to us, He is, if you can get him on form and get him fit and get him playing with you, he said he knows where the goal is. You know, he's, he has got a knife for a pass. He's got this great creative player. And so, again, we sort of kind of seem to have plucked a player out in the blue there, you know, in, in, in this kid. So, we've got these three players who've come to, 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 to supplement the squad that we've got already, which was players like Norgard who obviously played in the World Cup semi against England for, for Denmark as well. You know, we've got Jensen again, who played in the World Cup semi for, for, for Denmark against England. Two brilliant players. You know, Norgard is a, he's a proper key player. He, you know, at the base of, uh, of, the, of the midfield, so created um, as a central defensive midfielder. And he's the one who, you know, he's basically, he was actually injured for most of the last season. And I think we were going to base our game around him. And when he got injured, it kind of scuppered us a little bit. And that's why we kind of, you know, we, we were about 18th in, in October, I think it was October or November. And we actually had to come back from that. But we, 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 we didn't quite know how to handle that player there. And when he came back, we just noticed the difference in how much he, um, how much we missed him. You know, so players like him. And also another player I've got to mention is um, Brian Bumo, who last season, again, you, you know him because I think he scored against you last the season before. Did, yeah. I think, I think in the I was, playoffs, I was I looking he, at his name. I got my notes and his name did pop out to me then, Bumo. Yeah. But yeah, That's he is quality. Right, he was quality. He was quality, but he was quality. That year, we had obviously remember Watkins, Ben Rama, and Bumo, the, the BMW, as they call them. And also, and we had Josh Silva as well. And they were just knocking goals in for fun. So, but then Bumo came back after the lockdown and he, he actually got COVID. So after the lockdown, he wasn't as on fire as he was beforehand. And he kind of tailed off a little bit. And you could see in his form, he tailed off a little bit. And then the, the, that, that's, you know, so that season, yeah, he, he, he wasn't necessarily the player that he was. And then the following season, again, um, when Watkins and Ben Rama had left, he just kind of just, he scored goals and he's got some, you know, assists. 
But everyone's like, Louis Brian's not the same player. I wonder if he's just a one-season wonder. You know, a lot of people wondering. But I think that um, the break came. He went away on holiday. He had his rest. He finally got over the COVID that he had. You know, maybe it might be long COVID that he's had. And I saw him play at, went to AFC Wimbledon, saw us play at AFC Wimbledon in their new stadium. So I, I was very lucky to, to be one of the well, about five Brenton fans in that game. And uh, he was brilliant. He was, he was on fire. He was on the ball again. And then against Manchester United, only last night, he scored a brilliant goal. If it you want to go and check it out, the way cut inside, didn't he? touched the ball, cut it inside and just mm. curved it into the corner. And I thought, that's Bumo of old. That's Bumo of the Oli Watkins era. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping if he comes back, he's going to be like a new player for us. And I think hopefully in the Premier League, when you've got more a bit more time, a little bit more space and, you know, on the ball, you haven't got teams kind of top hammering you all the time. You know, hopefully players like that will actually kind of really benefit from uh, from being in that in, in that environment, so you know, so 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 let's see. So exactly, yeah. you've you've picked out Norgard, you've picked out Mbwemo. I feel like we can't do a Brentford preseason preview without Mr. mentioning Mr. Ivan, Ivan Tony. It's yeah. got to be mentioned. I mean, I will. I was guilty, and you might not like me for this, Billy, but I think too many of his goals were penalties last year for people to be raving that much, but. He's quite, 31 he, goals quickly though 31 goals is no mean feat in a championship no, that's what no I, I, I'm feat. not I'm not by no means yeah, no, I, saying he's a bad player I know right? 100% 100% but they, they were a lot of penalties there were a lot of penalties but but I am excited put it this way he's straight in my fantasy team he's gone straight in my fantasy football team um, I'm excited to see if he can do it in the Premier League because uh, well like you said if he doesn't in the Premier League though it'll be interesting to see whether he so say if he scores 15 to 20 goals in the Premier League this season, should a bid come in next summer, would your owners go, well, actually, if you stay up, which I think you've probably... You've replaced strikers you, before, yeah. why not? But will they, if, if you're Premier League? Do you, th- do you think that you'll see... Do you think he's here for the long haul? I tell you something, it totally depends. If somebody came in and offered us 70 million for him... Yeah, I think they'd probably I sell him. You know bite your arm off, yeah. yeah. You know, so it just depends on the situation. And it depends on where he is, how comfortable he is, who's going to offer. You know, if, if they come in, and again, this is with all due respect to sort of Norwich come in and say, right, we want to, we want Ivan Tony for 30 million. He's going to say, well, you know, I'm not going to go to Norwich or I'm going to stay at Brentford. You know, I'm not sure. So, you know what I'm saying? I so think it depends a, on the a, club like, a club like Norwich, you know, I think you can look at them as sort of rivals this season. Like they're going to be in and around, you know, where you're expected to be. So to sell to a club like that, I, I don't think, you know, your, your owner, you know, like you said, he's he's a yeah. smart guy. I can't see it going, you know, that way. But um, no, no, yeah. no, no. But I mean, but the thing about Ivan, I mean, it's interesting you talk about the penalties. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Then, how many penalties did he miss last season? Couldn't tell you. How not many too many, think? I don't think. Not too I many. He missed many. I, I, I'm saying this now because I put myself on the spot. I'm pretty sure that he didn't miss any. Okay, right. Okay, that, he, might, he might miss one, but I'm pretty sure that he didn't miss. It, it doesn't surprise me, and he strikes like we we both went to the the final. You you were there, you know, Brentford side. I was there, Swansea side, and I caught a fantastic glimpse of what was nearly three nil. I don't know if you remember it, but Ivan Tony he turned. I can't remember the. I think you know Woodman must have kicked it out. He chested down, turned, and he just whacked it from yeah, you know, 25, 30, 35 that yards. That is the point. Just hit the bar. That's the and point in the playoff final where I left my house to go for a walk to come. Yeah. But that's not <laughs> the point I'm saying is like I know you know we we talk about his penalties, but he's not all penalties. He's got that quality. Yeah, he right. he knows exactly where the goal is. 
I need I mean, I'm gonna say and I'm gonna say this because and the reason why I'm saying that is that listen, you know, they can say what you want, but the fact is that you anyone would want a player like that in their side because first of 100%, 100%. all, he puts the penalties away, okay. Whether or not it's him getting them or somebody else getting them, okay, he puts them away. That's the first thing. The yeah. second thing is that he's always, always in the right place or nearly always in the right place at the right time. Okay, now again, if you play the statistical statistical game that we get, it's about basically putting yourself in the right position. So Brentford, we create a lot of chances. So if you create a lot of chances and you put the ball into the area, and the person who's in the area or is doing that is he's either created the chances himself or he's in the right area to, to, to deliver that ball, and he is a very good striker and put them in the back of the net, then that is a very good position to be in. And the good thing about Ivan Tony is that he seems to know to be in the right place at the right time and create the right opportunities. So that's why he's been so prolific in scoring his goals. The other thing that I'll say to you is that a lot of people don't know that also the other things that he does, because if you ever look at him, his game, his all-round game, um, if he's not in the middle as well, he'll be on the wing. He'll be trying to set things up or he plays a lot in defence as well, actually kind of helping his defenders out a real lot. So if you look at him, he actually plays really deep. So the reason why I actually really like him is that, and I think why Thomas Frank loves him, is that his all-round game is, is fantastic. So th this is this also causes a problem because, again, with our side, I mean, he scored a lot of goals last season. So they could say, right, if we can, if we can, if we can single out Ivan Tony, you know, we can probably sort of just, you know, stop Brentford from scoring. Whereas the season before, when we had, you know, Mbumo, Ben Rama, you know, Watkins and, and De Silva all scoring, if they if they if they put two or three players on Watkins. And then Boomer is thinking, thank you very much. You left me alone. So he's kind of scoring. So this year, I think you're going to see a lot more of Brentford are looking to try and get goals from all around the park as well in, in much more uh, different positions. So it's not necessarily about the striker. It's about having a team who can create chances. And then whether or not it's Bumo scoring, whether or not it's Canos scoring, whether or not it's uh, Onyeka scoring, you know, whether or not it's Norgard coming from centre defence and, and scoring, you know, whether or not it's Jensen doing the business, all of a sudden that creates problems for other people. So it's not about Tony, because I noticed that Man United, you know, when he got the ball, he 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 he, he didn't look 100% kind of fit for the season as such. But I saw year two or three very good defenders kind of on him, making sure that he couldn't do what he was going to do um, against Man U. Um, and we didn't necessarily have our full team out in that game because we played a lot of kind of, you know, second string sort of kind of squad players as well. So it was mixed up. So he wasn't necessarily working with the players that he'd be working with normally. So he didn't get as many chances in that game as he would have done. So it just made me think, OK, what happens if Ivan Tony doesn't get the chances he's going to get? We have to make sure that we're going to have other players out there on the pitch that are going to take advantage of that. And obviously, Mbumo did that last night because, you know, they're off, they off trying to mark Tony and he just picked up the ball and went boom, 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 bang in the back of the net. And that's the kind of stuff that we like to see. So I think it could be quite exciting for Brentford. It's, yeah, I think the first three or four games are going to be quite telling. We've got Arsenal at home to start off with, and then we've got Crystal Palace away, and then we've got Aston Villa away, and then, we, and then we've got, I think we've got Brighton coming up after yeah, that. So we've got, yeah, the first, first four games, I think are going to be quite interesting to see kind of where we sit. And if we get ourselves, you know, half decent results out of that, which, which I mean that, you know, you know, I know some teams have gone in and they pretty much haven't lost one a game for, you know, three, four, five months. But if we can get, you know, results, a few draws out of that, make sure that we don't lose too many, you know, and just set ourselves up quite nicely, then then that will give them confidence to think, I'll tell you something, actually, it's, uh, we've, we've done the sightseeing, you know what I'm saying? 
we we've walked in the stadium had a little look we've done that now we can just now get on with the job rather than be constantly nervous about you know having to make sure that we don't you know lose another three points and all this kind of stuff which is which I think the negative cycle is, is what a lot of teams get into when they get into the Premier League. Yeah, for sure. Um, we are we are coming to the end, but thank you. This has been fantastic. Before we go, um, I just want to get two little predictions from you. Number one, where do you think you're going to finish? And number two, if there was somebody who had never watched a Brentford game before going into the season, who is your man to watch? Oh. Well, okay. I think I think predictions are unfair as a as a new yeah. team because you because especially as a new team that hasn't been in the league for seventy. Let's rephrase you know, it quickly. Let's rephrase it. Are you gonna <laughs> are you gonna years. are you gonna stay up this season? My per, my personal opinion is I think that if we do what we do and if we play like Brentford and don't try and change things like we did against Fulham last season in the playoff final where we I think we we're trying to be a bit too clever and we play our football and our players play their strengths and we and we're not unlucky with injuries as well then I think that we've got. All, um, I think we've got a very good chance of staying up. You know, we played, we we beat, you know, we got the semi final of the League Cup last season and we lost out to Tottenham where we kind of ran out of steam a little bit, but we, did, we didn't embarrass ourselves. We lost two, I think it was 2 1 to them. The games are so thick and fast, I can't even remember the score. You know, in the semi final of the League Cup, you know, we knocked out Newcastle, we knocked out West Brom, we knocked out Southampton, we knocked out a load of Premier League teams there. And we, and that, that was kind of with our sort of, kind of, sort of a, a sort of B plus team as well. It wasn't even our full on A, a team with that. So we're confident against going up against these teams. Um, after the first 15 minutes of Man United yesterday, I mean, I know that both of us are the mix of teams. We looked a bit, you know, we looked a little bit. Um, we looked, for the first 15 minutes, we were like a little bit head, red in headlights. But after that, we looked totally, totally at ease. So looking at things like that, I think as long as we continue to do what we're going to do, I think that we have a very good chance of staying up. And that's me being diplomatic there. <laughs> we love it. And, and you're, uh, you're player to watch? Player to watch. It's difficult this without me reading through them all. And um, listen, you all know about Ivan Tony, so it's boring for me to go and say Ivan yeah. Tony. I th- and and also it's difficult for me to talk about the new players because I've not seen them play myself. I've already talked about them, and I think there's some exciting players there. A player that I just I just think I think he's just I think Norgard is a is a brilliant um, CDM, you know, central you know a defensive midfielder. You know, he breaks up the play. He's a really clever player. He used to be an attacking midfielder as well, so he knows a pass. So I think, you know, watch out for, for Norgard because if he's on his game, he's a very clever player and hopefully he'll smash up the Premier League. <laughs> there we are. Watch out Fantastic. for Norgard. Um, thank you once again, Billy, for coming on. Um, thank you so do you much. Want to, do you want to take a second to plug where people can find your podcasts? Yeah, yeah. So listen, if you want to check us out, we're Presotted, B-E-E-S-O-T-T-E-D, so you catch us on Twitter. Uh, Besotted 1992 on Instagram, which we might fire up because we haven't had that really up and going. And also, uh, we've got a podcast which is Pride of West dot London, and we've done 800 episodes nearly wow. now as well. So yeah, we've been going for a while. And like I said to you, our blog started off as a fanzine 30 odd years ago. So fanzine to blog to podcast to video blog to all sorts of stuff. We're everything to everybody, and we uh, yeah, we're just going to enjoy ourselves here. And if it goes well, it's fine. And if it doesn't, listen, we'll just go back to the championship and we do it again because we'll uh, we we quite like the championship to be quite honest with you. There's a lot of good teams and a lot of good people down there. Lovely stuff. Well, uh, thank you well for joining said. us. 800 episodes, Al. Do you reckon we'll get there one day? Wait, we'll see. Don't we'll put any pressure. Um, thank you for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting about the new boys. We'll be back tomorrow with, I think it's a Tottenham preview. Might be Spurs, yeah. 
but I can't promise that. But uh, just come back and find out. You, you, you'll, you, you'll see eventually. Anyway, uh, thank you for joining us. We'll be back soon. Ta-ra. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Cheers. Oh.